calling all married couples. Running a successful business takes a lot of effort and can steal precious time away from your spouse. How do you protect your marriage from the stress of business? Get Tandem, the Married Entrepreneur's Guide for Greater Work-Life Balance. Go to thetandembook.com and pick up your copy today. Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard, the podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business and career success. Build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Hey there, and welcome back to the Boost Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Leonard. Ray Hyde Cornell is the owner and senior copywriter at Cornell Content Marketing. She also serves as a business mentor for creative entrepreneurs who want to build happier, healthier, and more profitable businesses. The part of Boost we chat about are optimized relationships, obtain more leads, and secure thought leadership space. Hey there, Ray Hyde. Welcome to the Boost Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. This is great. Excellent. Well, I am excited to dive into our conversation, but before we do, for folks who are hearing your name for the first time, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. So uh, I've been running my content marketing agency since 2007. So we're now in, what is this, my 16th year. Um, I do copywriting, content creation, and digital marketing for businesses of all kinds. I totally break the, you've got a niche down rule. And really what I actually niche in is a particular philosophy and perspective in terms of how to connect with customers through digital marketing. So that's what I've been doing. And then about, I'd say four years ago, I kind of started to naturally fall into this mentoring role with the people on my team uh, at Cornell. And so I just absolutely loved that. And I decided to separate that out into a completely separate business, Chiron Consulting, where I now do business mentoring for freelancers and creative entrepreneurs. Wow. Awesome. And I know there's a huge need for that because so many folks are freelancing now with the gig economy and everything else. So I'm sure that keeps you very busy. And I know one of the areas that you have um, passion around is just this whole um, relationship and relationship building. And so I would love to learn more from you and just get sort of your um, philosophy and or approach around the role that relationships play um, in building business and really how to leverage relationships without folks having that uncomfortable type of, of feeling when approaching other people. Yeah, absolutely. So I think everyone can probably relate to this. So when you're online, when you go into some boutique or store or whatever, you tend to put your walls up the second you feel like someone is trying to sell you something, mm, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to if you go into some, I don't know who goes to boutiques anymore. I'm just using this as an example. But if you go into some store and someone's like, hey, how's it going? And you know, they're like, oh, I love this song that's on overhead or whatever. And they're like not even concerned about you buying anything, mm-hmm. but you're just trying to click. You're just trying to connect on that human level and find something that you have in common. And this is what I do on all of my 
quote unquote sales calls. My sales calls are never actually sales calls. They're just like get to know you calls. And my number one goal is to make the person laugh. I just want to find something that we have in common, something we can joke about, something to make it a more add levity to the situation. Mm -hmm. And when you focus on that and you really just want to help the person, you want to find them some solution, you want to give them advice. That's when you build a relationship as opposed to when you're too focused on selling and, oh, I'm at this networking event and let me get this person's business card because I think I can sell them like a $20,000 package. Or when you're focused on that, people sense it. Like Mm -hmm. people, we have that energetic IQ of being able to know when someone is not genuine. And that is when you will design a business that you're constantly going to have to be hustling. You're constantly going to have to be prospecting, constantly chasing after leads and sales. And it's exhausting. Whereas what I suggest is people focus on the relationship first. Mm. And when you do that, and when you make people feel good, then they just start. I have um, a client who's now become a very good friend. He has sent me four clients in the past three months. I didn't have to do anything. He's just talking about me to his friends. And then they come because I'm not trying to sell them anything. I'm like legit, just trying to help them. Mm -hmm. And that's that kind of relationship first focus that I think people are missing in business nowadays. Well, and thank you for that. And so what would you say, are there, is there a short list of questions or ways that you approach people to sort of lower that guard and to start positioning folks for, okay, how do I really tap into getting them to smile or laugh or have that levity about the relationship? Yeah, absolutely. Forget that you own a business. Forget it for just like five minutes in the first part of the conversation Mm -hmm. and just figure out who am I talking to? Mm -hmm. What do you do? You know, and, and I can tell you, I mean, Usually I start my conversations, I think I'm, it's not like scripted, but usually I'm like, okay, so, you know, where are you based and tell me about what you do. And, you know, so-and-so said you were interested in digital marketing. Like, tell me, you know, why are you interested in that now? You know, what are you actually looking to accomplish? What are your goals? And actually I just had a, a conversation with someone yesterday who he was like dead set that he wanted SEO. Mm-hmm. That's what he wanted. He wanted my agency to do it. And I was like, eh, hang on a sec. A lot of people think they need SEO because that's like a hot buzzword right now, mm-hmm. but that's not actually going to be the best strategy for their business. So first tell me about your business. Who are your clients? What do you actually want to be selling? What are your goals? All of that. Mm-hmm. And then we'll figure out if that's actually the right solution for you. And by focusing entirely on him and putting his goals and his priorities at the forefront in the conversation, I was able to completely forget, like, what was I supposed to be selling this guy? Mm -hmm. You know, what are my prices? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And you just hone in on that person. And when you do that, naturally things come up. Like I was kind of joking around with him because his background is in IT and now he's in woodworking. I'm like, okay, so how the hell did that happen? You know, (laughs) and exactly. You're laughing. Uh Exactly. That's Uh exactly what happens. You just, when you actually focus on the conversation Mm -hmm. and you're not focused on your list of questions or your desire for clients or the revenue goals that you've set for yourself and you focus on that person, it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what, what we find is that folks are so focused on, well, either, well, they may not necessarily have a quota. They certainly may have a goal though. And so the goal is what's sort of in the, in the forefront of their mind. And so it feels as if 
the relational part, building relationship is going to then cause the timeline for the sales cycle to be elongated. And so how does one get beyond that, that, that thought process so that they do sort of just slow down and let me focus on building a relationship instead of just being entirely transactional? So we tend to think that building a relationship is going to take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's going, I mean, so there are some people who I've known for years, like perfect example, we just started working with a new company, but I've known the CTO of that company for like five or six years. Mm-hmm. And we've never really been able to figure out a way to work together. He's kind of been hopping from one business to another. Cause he does like the interim uh, CTO kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that now everything's clicking and he's like, I hate our current marketing agency. I like Ray. I want to work with her. And now it's happening. So yeah, that's an example of one that takes years, Mm -hmm. but he and I hit it off and became friends probably within like 20 minutes of talking to each other because he and his wife were vacationing in Alaska. Uh, They were headed for a vacation and my husband and I got married on a cruise on our way to Alaska. Mm -hmm. And so we just kind of found like this bonding thing. And we often think that building that relationship is going to like friend zone you so that you're not an actual business prospect, but it's actually not true because think about the brands that you buy from like Mm -hmm. personally in your life outside of business. Typically we buy from brands that we like, we're like, Oh, I just like this brand. I know it's more expensive than that one, but I just like it. Or I know it comes in a smaller package, but I just like it. Mm -hmm. That's what happens when you focus on building that genuine connection. People like you and remember you and they remember the way you made them feel Mm. as opposed to hopping on a sales call with someone, maybe their prices are cheaper, but they just made you feel like a transaction. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be the ones who get chosen. Well, how do you, um, how do you address? Because oftentimes in a conversation, as you're building relationship with a potential client, they are very focused on getting their need filled Mm -hmm. as well. And so they may be very focused in terms of this conversation is about this. And Mm -hmm. like, I need for like, I've got 15 minutes, or I've got 30 minutes. And so I need to be in this position to tell you what needs to be done. And so they may not be allowing space for Mm -hmm. relational building. How would you suggest approaching that type of conversation? Yeah, so I'm not saying that you have to get someone's complete backstory and like know all their kids' names and how many dogs they have. You don't got to go that deep, you Mm -hmm. know, but so here's an example. So I was talking to someone else about SEO and um, he had, he was very focused on the task at hand, which Mm -hmm. is he has a need. He wants to rank higher in Google for his restaurant and he's already gotten quotes from three other agencies Mm -hmm. and we're talking about, okay, so this is his problem what do I recommend? And I'm telling him, dude, stop doing ads. It's a waste of your money. Nobody likes ads. Nobody's going to be clicking on them. And he's like, thank you. He's like the other marketing agencies I talked to, they wanted me to put a $3,000 a month ad budget to the side just for Google. And then if it was going to be Facebook, it was going to be another two grand on top of that. That was a way that we made a connection because he felt like I was looking out for him. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's really all a relationship is, is you want to support the other person. The other person supports you. You see value in knowing one another and you eventually over time share more and more and more. I didn't need his entire life story. I just needed to say, look, I'm on your side. Mm-hmm. I'm an advocate for you. 
whatever your goals are, I'm going to help you with that. That's the start to a relationship. And if you only have 15 minutes, just start there. Mm, gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. And now what you used a term when you introduced yourself, niching down. And so I would be interested in understand, like unpacking that a bit and really understanding what you meant by that. Sure. Yeah. So maybe it's just the phase of the online world that I grew up in. <laughs> but when I was in my early stages as a freelance writer, everyone was saying, you got to niche down, you got to niche down, you got to pick an industry and focus only on that. If you're going to be a travel writer, be a travel writer. If you're going to be a tech writer, be a tech writer. I hated that uh -huh. because if I focus on at the time, I was writing for Pretty Litter, the cat litter company. And I'm like, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. But I'm like, man, if I have to write for three other cat litter companies, or even just three other pet companies, I'm going to lose my mind and all my work is going to start sounding the same. And so I just wanted variety. Variety was going to keep my brain interested in what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And that still goes today. I have a tech company, a snack foods company, a cannabis consulting firm, a CPR training platform, a handful of woodworkers. Cause that's my friend who just refers me to all of his friends. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's all over the place. Mm -hmm. You don't have to niche into a specific industry in order to be successful. You can niche into a particular service, a particular style of working, a particular type of business that you like to work with. One of my mentees, she's really honing in on working with luxury businesses, mm -hmm. but that could be luxury real estate agents, right. hotels, pet hospitals. I mean, <laughs> luxury, what mm -hmm. fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. So that's what I meant is, is not putting yourself too much in a box. Gotcha. Okay. That makes complete sense. And I know one of the, another project that you shared with me previously is that you've contributed a chapter to, um, corporate dropouts, yes. uh, the complete guide to building a successful freelance business. Can you share perhaps a, a nugget or two, um, in terms of what you contributed in that guide? Yes. So those are actually two separate things. So Corporate Dropouts is a multi-author book uh, that I contributed one chapter to kind of explaining my departure from my take on the corporate world, which most people probably wouldn't say that the mental health world is corporate, but that's where I was. I was on track to be a counselor in the prison system and it felt very mm. bureaucratic and red tape and corporate and just very limiting. Mm -hmm. So I left that and threw myself full-time into my freelance business. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that you mentioned, the complete guide to building a successful freelance business, that's my um, ebook, I guess you okay. could say, my free gift to anybody who wants to start a freelance business. And that is really taking you from deciding what service you want to offer mm -hmm. all the way through, how do I plan for retirement? and everything in between, like pricing and how to get clients and all of that. Wow. Awesome. Is there, uh, when you, when you describe how to navigate the success, uh, as a freelancer, um, is there one particular nugget that you would like to share with the listening? Because we do have a lot of the folks in the listening community are either aspiring freelancers or they are well on their way. Um, and so I'd be interested to know if there was any sort of word of wisdom that you would like to share with them as we're starting to wind down our time together. Sure. Yeah. The number one thing, if I can only give one piece of advice to someone who's starting a freelance business is base everything on you. 
a lot of people think, okay, so I'm leaving the corporate world. I'm starting my freelance career. I still need to work from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. with a noon lunch. Not true. Maybe your natural energy pattern means that you don't work best in those hours. Mm. Another thing people base on external sources is their pricing. Mm -hmm. They go to Google and they type in, how much should I charge for a blog post? Don't do that. Figure out what do you need in order for the time and energy that you put into writing a blog post? What do you need to receive from your client in order for you to feel like that's an equitable exchange? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's $60, maybe it's $200, maybe it's a thousand dollars. It depends. But if you go to Google and you figure out what's the best schedule for an entrepreneur, what's the best pricing for a blog writer, what's the best, you know, um, way to brand myself, you're going to get a zillion answers and they're going to pull you in all different directions. What you need to do, because you are the most valuable asset in your business. Everything needs to be built around you, how you work best, what you need to receive, the work environment that you need to have. And when you optimize for you and realize there's nothing wrong with you and you needing to work a certain way, that's when you build a business that actually has longevity where you're not going to burn out. Right. I appreciate you saying that so much because one of the things that I think entrepreneurs struggle with is like this copycat syndrome where it's like we see someone else that perhaps is in a similar field or offers a similar product or service as we do. And oftentimes we get into this comparison mode, not knowing what their story is, what they did to get to where they, and, or we find the person who's been doing what they've been doing for like decades and they've got a gazillion followers. And then we look at what we've got and we're just like, Hmm, ho hum, like, (laughs) woe is me. But it's like, if we just get out of this comparison mode, it would really put us in a better position launch a position to, to launch and really excel. So I so appreciate that optimization of you. That's great, great advice. Thank you for that. Now, yeah, if, if someone is listening to the podcast and they want to get back in touch with you and or they want to tap into that complete guide of to building a successful freelance business, what are what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, definitely my website. I really hate social media. So please don't send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram or even LinkedIn. Please don't go to my website, click any of the buttons that say book a call or contact me. Um, it's chironconsulting.us. That's C-H-I-R-O-N consulting.us. And then just add slash guide to the end of that and you'll get the guide. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Even in your your response, you're like, this is the opti- optimizing me. And I like to be saying, <laughs> reach out to me on the website. You're here. So yeah, I get it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ray, for your time. It's been a pleasure connecting with you. Likewise. Thank you so much. The Boost Podcast serves an energetic community of business leaders, entrepreneurs, and individuals who are growth-minded. If you, your business, or organization would like to share your service, product, or expertise with the Boost Podcast community, contact Kelly Leonard. Email kelly.leonard at taylor-leonard.com. Again, that's kelly.leonard at taylor-leonard.com. Calling all married couples. Running a successful business takes a lot of effort and can steal precious time away from your spouse. How do you protect your marriage from the stress of business? Get Tandem, the Married Entrepreneur's Guide for Greater Work-Life Balance. Go to thetandembook.com and pick up your copy today. 
Well, that concludes this episode of the Boost Podcast. Thank you again for listening in. If you don't mind, if you could like, subscribe, or share the podcast with a friend, I would greatly appreciate it. For more information on anything Boost related, you can visit our website at www.kellytleonard.com. Thank you.